Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. This morning we're going to study the result of wrong training compared with the result of good training of children. It can be useful to listen to it. It may seem tedious, but we may have had wrong training ourselves and we might need to know what it is the Lord would like us to correct in our own lives. You know, God has created us to be self-determinative. We have self-determination in any way. We have the power of intelligence. We have the power to choose. And we can grow or we can retrograde. And <clears throat> no, nothing happens overnight. It's the work of a lifetime. So let's begin this morning with prayer. Dear Jesus, I pray that you will guide us in our study of training our children and possibly even correcting the errors of our parents and ourselves. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Let's begin with 1 Samuel chapter 2, 27 through 34. First Samuel 2. And there came a man of God unto Eli, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? Did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest? To offer upon mine altar, to burn incense, to wear an ephod before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kiss ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honorest thy sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel my people? Wherefore the Lord God of Israel saith, I said indeed, that thy house and the house of thy father should walk before me forever. But now, the Lord saith, be it far from me, for them that honor me I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel. And there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart. And all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons and Hophni and Phinehas. In one day they shall die, both of them. The priesthood was taken from the family of Eli because he failed to control his children. 1 Samuel 2, 23-25 And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? Now see, Eli, I'm going to back up a verse. Now Eli was very old, and he heard all that his sons did unto Israel, and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all this people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord would slay them. Eli reported his sons for their wrong course, but reproof alone was not sufficient. 1 Samuel 3, 13 For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows 
because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. Parents must restrain and control their children, as well as reprove them. I'm going to Testimonies, Volume 5, pages 323 and 324. Dear Brother and Sister G., I am troubled in reference to your case. I see dangers that you seem never to have realized. Have you thoughtfully and prayerfully considered your duty to the children you have taken the responsibility of bringing into the world? Have you thought whether these children are receiving from you an education and a discipline that will lead them to honor their Creator in the days of their youth? Have you considered that if you fail to teach them to respect you, their father and mother, and to yield to your authority through educating them to dishonor God? Every time you allow them to trample on your authority and their will to control yours, you're fostering a defect which will be carried with them into all their experience. Should they become religiously inclined and will teach them to disregard and trample upon divine authority? The question to be settled by you is, am I raising a family of children to strengthen the influence and swell the ranks of the powers of darkness, or am I bringing up children for Christ? If you do not govern your children and mold their characters to meet the requirements of God, then the fewer children there are to suffer from your defective training, the better it will be for you, their parents, and the better it will be for society. Unless children can be trained and disciplined from their babyhood by a wise and judicious mother who is conscientious and intelligent and who rules her household in the fear of the Lord, molding and shaping their characters to meet the standard of righteousness, it is a sin to increase your family. God has given you reason, and he requires you to use it. You should feel under obligation by patient, painstaking effort and by earnest, fervent prayer to so form the characters of your children as to make them a blessing in the home, a blessing in the church, and a blessing in society. You will receive no credit for your work if you allow your children to be controlled by the enemy of all righteousness. The reward is promised for conscientiously forming their character after the divine pattern if you neglect this work, which is so far-reaching in its results, because for the present it is more agreeable for you to do so. When your children grow up morally deformed, their feet in the broad road to death, can God pronounce your work well done? Those who cannot inform themselves and work intelligently with all their powers to bring their children to Jesus should decide not to take upon themselves the responsibility of becoming parents. Mothers must be willing and even anxious to qualify themselves for their important work of developing the characters of their children, guiding, instructing, restraining their tender charge. Fathers and mothers should be limited, I'm sorry, united in this work, weakness and requiring obedience and false love and sympathy. The false notion that to indulge and not to restrain, restrain is wisdom constitute a system of training that grieves angels, but it delights Satan, for it brings hundreds and thousands of children into his ranks. That's why he blinds the eye of parents. He benumbs their sensibilities. He confuses their minds. They see that their sons and daughters are not pleasant, lovely, obedient, and caretaking. Yet children accumulate in their homes to poison their lives, fill their hearts with grief, and add to the number whom Satan is using to allure souls to destruction. So we don't want to raise children to put in Satan's ranks, do we? Alrighty. 
excuse me. First Samuel two twenty nine. First Samuel two twenty nine. Where wherefore keep ye at my sacrifice and at mine offering which I have commanded in my habitation in God's house? And you honor your sons above me, to make yourselves fat with the cheapest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Oh, they were too. You can read the story if you're interested in Samuel. It is dishonoring to God for parents to allow their children to grow up disobedient. Proverbs twenty nine fifteen. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. It is dishonoring to God for parents to allow their children to grow up disobedient. Proverbs 29, oh, let's see. Disobedient children bring their parents to shame. 1 Samuel 8, 1 to 5. And it came to pass, when Samuel was old, that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second Abiah, they were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, you are old, and your sons walk not in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Do you think Samuel's disobedient sons had anything to do with Israel wanting to change and have a king? instead of having a theocracy with God as their leader. I wonder about that. Oh, look at that. The disobedience of Samuel's sons caused the office of judge to pass from Samuel's family. And the last, no, well, actually two more verses. Second Kings 19.37 And it came to pass as he was worshipping in the house of Nisroch, his god, that Adramelech and Cherazir, his son, smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esarhard Aradon, his son, reigned in his stead. Uncontrolled children will even slay their parents. Proverbs seventeen twenty five. our last verse. And let's see what time is left. A foolish son is a grief to his father and a bitterness to her that bear him. So let's just um, recap this quickly. The priesthood was taken from the family of Eli because he failed to control his children. He reported his sons for their wrong course, but reproof was not sufficient. Parents must restrain and control their children as well as reprove. And I honestly believe that if he had been following God's plan from when they were very small, he wouldn't have had this problem with them later in life, okay? But it's dishonoring to God for parents to allow their children to grow up disobedient. Disobedient children bring their parents to shame. The disobedience of Samuel's son caused the office of judge to pass from his family. Uncontrolled children will even slay their own parents, and a foolish son brings grief and bitterness to his parents. But what is the result of good training? 1 Samuel 
And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. The Lord is with good children. <clears throat> I remember when, <clears throat> sorry, when I was little and somebody, my mom would say, be good. I would go, what's that mean? What's good? So I don't know if children understand that word good. I think we need to explain what it, exactly what it is that you want so they understand. But let me go to Prophets and Kings, pages 245 and 246. The conduct of the captive maid, the way that she bore herself in that heathen home, is a strong witness to the power of early home training. There is no higher trust than that committed to fathers and mothers in the care and training of their children. Parents have to do with the very foundation of habit and character. By their example and teaching, the future of their children is largely decided. Happy are the parents whose lives are a true reflection of the divine, so that the promises and commands of God awaken in the child gratitude and reverence. The parents whose tenderness and justice and long-suffering interpret to the child the love and justice and long-suffering of God, and who by teaching the child to love and trust and obey them, are teaching him to love and trust and obey his Father in heaven. Parents who impart to the child such a gift have endowed him with a treasure more precious than the wealth of all the ages, a treasure as enduring as eternity. We know not in what line our children may be called to serve. They may spend their lives within the circle of the home. They may engage in lives, common vocations, or go as teachers of the gospel, but all are alike called to be missionaries for God's ministers of mercy to the world. They are to obtain an education that will help them to stand by the side of Christ in unselfish service. The parents of that Hebrew maid, as they taught her of God, did not know the destiny that would be hers, but they were faithful to their trust, and in the home of the captain of the Syrian host, their child bore witness to the God whom she had learned to honor. Naaman heard of the words that the maid had spoken to her mistress, and then it goes to talk about how he went and got healed of his leprosy but um, she was a little maid in his house and her upbringing had a huge impact on many lives she was faithful second timothy 315 And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now Paul is speaking to Timothy, and uh, he reveals that Timothy, from a child, had known the, the Bible and the scriptures. It wasn't called the Bible in those days. They were acquainted with the scriptures. Proverbs twenty-eight seven. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. Yeah, that wouldn't feel good, would it? A wise son obeys the law of God. God's law is just about love. Love God, love your neighbors. Mm -hmm. But you know that doesn't come naturally, does it? We don't love naturally. 
Colossians 3.20 Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. God's well-pleased with obedient children. Acts 2.39 For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. They share in the promises of God. Ephesians 6, 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Because God promises long life to those who honor their parents. That they share in the promises of God. And there's a blessing pronounced upon good children. Genesis 46, 29. And Joseph made ready his chariot and went up to meet Israel, his father, Goshen and presented himself unto him, and he fell on his neck and wept on his neck a good while. Parents in old age will be treated with respect by good children. Job 32, 6 and 7. And Elihu, the son of Barakel and Buzerite, the Buzite answered and said, I am young, and you are very old, wherefore I was afraid and durst not show you mine opinion. Hmm. One of, oh, verse 7 as well. I said days should speak, and multiple multitude of years should teach wisdom. One of judgment will recognize age and experience. Hebrews 12, 9 is our last reference. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? So it sounds like he's saying that in our children being trained and learned to obey, we're learning to obey God, and that teaches us to do that so that later on it's easier for us to come into submission to the Lord. Let me summarize what we have read. So the result of good training is that God is with children who are good, and they are acquainted with the scriptures, and uh, a wise son obeys the law of God, and he's well pleased with obedient children. They share in God's promises. There's a blessing pronounced upon them. A good son will never be ashamed to love and caress his parents. A wise son will heed the instructions of his parents. Parents in old age will be treated with respect by good children, and one of judgment will recognize age and experience. The respect and reverence paid to earthly parents is a reminder of the reverence due to the Lord himself. All right, let us just close in prayer. Dear Jesus, I pray for those who are here with me this morning, that if they're still raising children, that they will go to your word for instruction, and that you will bless them with the promises that you have given us in your word. And if they do not have children, and they need to give their own lives to you more fully, and learn how to submit to you, because they didn't learn when they were young, 
I pray that you will help them to make that adjustment in their lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless you today. Tomorrow we're continuing to study about family and home influences. Home influences and education in the home will be tomorrow. And um, these things, all, they all matter. You know, when we're, we're beginning this Bible handbook, and it talks about the creeds and doctrines of the prophecies of the Bible. But uh, when, when it comes down to preparing children to go out into the world to be prophets, to be teachers, to be ministers and evangelists, our home education is, is the, what is that saying? The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Well, it's a very important thing. So God bless you today, and I will see you in the morning.